It's kind of hard to believe, but this July will mark uh, the fourth year that I've been in Liberty Hill as pastor of, of our church. Uh, I still remember four years ago when we got into town uh, and we, we, we got to start our church and we got to uh, be excited about worshiping, about uh, figuring out how to do this and what it all looks like. Uh, there was a lot of excitement. Uh, there was a lot of challenges too. And one of the big challenges that we faced early on was how do we get word out about our new Christian church here in Liberty Hill? Uh, do we send postcards? Do we do all Facebook? Uh, we need to get the word out. How do we do it? And so I was really excited when a lady, a reporter uh, from the local newspaper, the Liberty Hill Independent, called me up and said, hey, I want to do an interview and a story on the new Christian church in town. I said, this is great. Because number one, we get our name out. And number two, it's free. So come on over. Uh, we don't need to spend money now. Uh, so she came over here and she took pictures. She walked around. Uh, and then she sat down and she interviewed me. She asked me questions like where I grew up, where I went to seminary, how I got to where I'm at. She asked me about my wife. Uh, she asked me all these questions. And then she asked this one. Liberty Hill already has a lot of Christian churches. Does it really need another one? And it was a good question. Because Liberty Hill does have a lot of Christian churches. It's a churched area. You have got Grace Alive, LifeSpring, Fellowship, uh, Cross Tracks, Mission to Liberty Hill. You've got The Grove. You've got Rock Point. You've got Church of Christ. You've got Highway 29 Church of Christ. You've got New Hope. And you've got Divine Savior Church. Does Liberty Hill really need another Christian church? And it was a great question. And it might lead us to uh, another question. All these Christian churches, all these different denominations, how does God feel about this? How does God feel about other people, those, the people who attend other Christian churches? How does God feel about our church? How does He feel about us? How should we feel about all this? This is why we're doing a, a, a sermon series called United for the next three weeks. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier today, uh, you're going to need to be here for the next two weeks after today, or you're going to need to listen online or to our podcast to get all of what God has to say about this topic. Because today we're just going to look at one section, one uh, aspect of how God feels about this. Next week we'll look at another, and then the third we'll look at another. And so, make plans to be here or make plans to listen online. <laughs> because I want you to understand what God has to say about this. God wants you to understand what He has to say about this. And today, we're going to begin by looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 as we celebrate the Holy Christian Church. And we start this series called United as a Holy Christian Church. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, at the very beginning of the letter. 1 Corinthians was originally a letter, uh, we're going to see, written by Paul, but it, it's now one book of the 66 books that are contained in the Bible. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes. So Paul wrote this letter, and it, 
he opens it up like a, a common letter written that during that day. He starts with who it's from, and then he's going to get to whom it's written to, and then he's going to get into the body of his letter. So Paul starts off like normal. And my question for you today is, do you remember Paul's background? Do you remember who Paul is? He's an apostle. Yes, ma'am. Paul uh, was a very religious guy. Very religious, very zealous for his religion. He was very passionate, very dedicated to what he believed in. But it was the wrong religion. He rejected Jesus as his Savior. In fact, he was so passionate, so dedicated, so zealous for his religion that he killed people who did believe in Jesus as their Savior. That's how passionate he was for his religion. Despite him being passionate, dedicated, despite him being zealous for his religion, he was outside the family of God. He was a spiritual orphan. He was over here. God's family was over here. And he was killing people part of this family. Until one day, when, God, when Jesus appeared to Paul and it completely changed his life. As the word of God was spoken to him, the Holy Spirit opened Paul's eyes, he opened his ears, and he softened his heart so that Paul could understand Scripture and so that Paul was then connected to Jesus through faith in Jesus. And Paul went from being outside of the family of God to being in the family of God through faith in Jesus as his Savior. And then Jesus said, Paul, I'm sending you out which is what an apostle means. Apostle is someone who's been sent. Uh, The difference between a disciple and apostle, a disciple is someone who follows. An apostle is someone who's been sent. And so Paul was sent by Jesus to go and preach and teach the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Think about how, how his life changed. Being outside of the family of God to becoming inside the family of God And not only just becoming inside the family of God, but then being sent to go preach and teach about the guy who you were persecuting. You were killing Christians. Now you're preaching and teaching about the guy that you were killing people over. His life was completely changed now that he was part of the family of God. Paul went around the known world starting Christian churches all over. And he never did it alone. He always went with somebody or a group of people. In this case, he's out with a guy named Sosthenes. Sosthenes was Greek. But notice what Paul says. He says, And our brother Sosthenes. Sosthenes was not related to Paul by blood. He was not related to the Corinthians by blood. And yet Paul says, Our brother. Why? Because like Paul, Sosthenes started outside the family of God. God's word was preached to him. The Holy Spirit worked faith in his heart in Jesus as his Savior, and he was brought into the family of God. And so, Sosthenes and Paul are brothers in Christ. They write this letter to the Corinthian church. What do you know about the Corinthians? I'll show you a map where Corinth was. Here's Corinth right there. Jerusalem would be over here. Uh, And then here's Asia. 
You see all these different churches or different cities? Uh, Paul made it to almost all of them, starting churches in all of them uh, throughout his whole life. But here's Corinth. And during the day of Paul, when Paul's writing this letter, uh, probably around 55 AD, Corinth was a large city. 200,000 people. And why was it so large? Because you see it's got two port entrances, right? People from the east could get to it and people from the west could get to it. And so it was a big commerce city. A lot of ships coming in uh, and a lot of trading being done. There were people from all over the world coming to Corinth. It was very diverse and very morally corrupt. You may remember that uh, Corinth is part of Greece and they had Greek gods. They worshipped Apollo, they worshipped Aphrodite. And, And part of worshipping these gods was temple prostitution. And so that was there. Uh, you had church members suing church members because they wanted to get what was theirs. You had divisions. You had misuses of the Lord's Supper. Uh, you had people who thought they were more sophisticated than what the Bible was. They were big into philosophy, big into reasoning. And they said, Paul, we've evolved as a species This message is too simple. You need our philosophy, Paul. This is the type of people that Paul is writing this letter to. Morally corrupt people. And yet, here's what Paul has to say about them. Verse 2. To the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be His holy people, together with those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. As you hear Paul's description of the Corinthians, would you ever guess that they were morally corrupt people? To those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be His holy people. You hear that and you think, they've got to be good little Christians. Good little Christian boys and girls running around Corinth, living good moral lives. But that's not the case. And yet this is what Paul says about them. How? Paul knew what God's Word says. Paul knew that in Psalm 51, that King David wrote, and it's God's truth, that uh, surely I am sinful from birth. Sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Paul knew that everyone born into this world, they are born outside of the family of God because they're born sinful. They are conceived with this disease called sin. Before they even chose to sin, they are sinful, just like all people born into this world. Paul knows that about the Corinthians. He also knows that God's family is holy and perfect. That no sinner can be part of that family. Paul also knows that there's no way to go from a sinner to God's family, His holy perfect family, on our own. You can't live morally good enough. You can't give up all of your vices uh, well enough to make up for your sins. You can't take a long enough shower to wash the sin away. How can you get rid of sin that is part of your DNA? You can't. I can't. The Corinthians can't. Paul couldn't. Sosthenes couldn't. But Paul also knew who could. And it's the Holy Spirit 
who connects us to Jesus. It's through the waters of baptism that the Holy Spirit comes and He connects us to Jesus and all, and all of the Corinthians' uh, sins were washed away. It was by the Word of God and the Holy Spirit working on their hearts, connecting them to Jesus who shed His blood for them that all of their sins were removed. And they are now part of God's holy family. Did it matter how good, morally speaking, it was? They were? No. Because our... Their holiness didn't depend on them. It depended on Jesus. And they were connected to Jesus through faith in Him. And Paul now describes them as sanctified and holy. Do you remember what sanctified means? Big old theological word. Sanctified means to be set apart and made holy. And so if you keep going with my hand motions here, here's God's family, and, and here's the, the, the uh, not family, the spiritual orphans. God took us out, the Holy Spirit took us out of uh, being a spiritual orphan off the streets and set us apart to be part of God's holy family. And He makes us holy through faith in Jesus as our Savior. And through faith in Jesus as our Savior, the Corinthians became part of the family of God. And so that's your first point this morning. The holy Christian church is holy because its members have had their sins removed. They are holy because they've had their sins removed. It has nothing to do with the Corinthians' actions. It has nothing to do with what they have done or what they haven't done. And that was true for Paul, true for Sosthenes, uh, true for the Corinthians. They were made holy because of their faith in Jesus, because His blood washed away and removed all of their sins. But did you notice who Paul says this is also for? He says, "...together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours." Paul says, Corinthians, you are sanctified and you are holy people. But not just you... Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus, they have been sanctified, they have been called, they have been set apart and made holy through their faith in Jesus as their Savior. Not just your church, Corinth, Christian churches everywhere who call on the name of the Lord Jesus, who have faith in Jesus, have been sanctified and made holy. God is the one who inspired Paul to write these words. And so who else does God have in mind? You. You. Together with those everywhere. You are everywhere. Well, you aren't everywhere, you're here. But you're, you're part of that group that is everywhere who calls on the name of the Lord. Just like Paul, just like Sosthenes, just like the Corinthians, you and I started outside of the family of God. And what happened? You heard the word of God. You were baptized, and the Holy Spirit worked faith in your heart that Jesus is your Savior. And through that faith in Jesus, you are connected to His shed blood on the cross. You are connected to His resurrection where God declares you innocent of all of your sins, washed away. And you went, and I went, from being a spiritual orphan into God's holy family with our sins washed away. And this is our second point. 
The Holy Christian Church is made up of all people who believe in Jesus. Made up of all people who believe in Jesus. Wherever the Bible is preached, wherever Jesus as your Savior is taught and preached, and wherever people believe that Jesus is their Savior, they are part of the Holy Christian Church. Because they too have had their sins removed. They too have been made holy by the blood of Jesus. It doesn't matter if you're Lutheran, if you're Baptist, if you're Catholic, if you're Presbyterian, if you're non-denominational. It doesn't matter if uh, you don't even go to church, but you believe in Jesus as your Savior. You are part of the Holy Christian Church because you have had your sins removed. You wonder how God feels about other Christian churches? That's how He feels about them. If they have faith in Jesus as their Savior, they are God's holy people, sanctified by God. But just because you go to a church doesn't mean you're part of the Holy Christian Church, right? That's true for us and true for other Christian churches. Because what makes somebody holy, it's not their church membership. It's not whether they're in church on Sunday morning. It's whether they have faith in Jesus as their Savior. People who have faith in Jesus as their Savior, they're part of this holy Christian church. And this is what Paul is celebrating. He's celebrating all people everywhere who have faith in Jesus as their Savior, who have been sanctified and called to be God's holy people. This is what we confess every Sunday. We confess belief in the holy Christian church. Remember where? And when? In the Creed, in the Apostles' Creed, I believe in the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the joining together of holy people. And that's what we are through Jesus. God views us as holy, sanctified, and we celebrate the Holy Christian Church. We confess it and we celebrate it. But do we? Do we celebrate the Holy Christian Church? Our knee-jerk reaction is, of course, we want people just to believe in Jesus. But how often don't we get caught up in, in the local church? Especially as a small church that wants to grow. Has, has this ever happened to you where, where somebody comes and visits our church on Sunday morning? And uh, you, you talk, you're talking with them, and, and it seems like a great conversation, but they never come back. And then it fi- turns out that they've gone to another Christian church. And, and do we have the mindset, and do, and do we kind of have the attitude of, man, we lost another? Sometimes competition can drive us, right? Because there are 10 other Christian churches in the area. We want to meet people. And so when somebody new, when we know somebody new has moved into town, we got to go talk to that person because we got to get to them before uh, cross, cross Tracks does. We got to talk to them before Fellowship does. And we view it as a, as a competition. Sometimes what can happen is pride. Pride builds up in us as we think. Well, our church is better. I'm, I'm glad they're hearing about Jesus, but our church is better. 
especially the more we dig into the Bible and the more we learn the doctrines of the Bible and, and, and we see what the Bible has to say, we start saying, well, yeah, they're going to that church and they're hearing about Jesus, but their church teaches wrong about this. We are the ones who, who teach it right. Competition, pride, builds up in our hearts because we get caught up in the local church. Why is that? Anyone have any idea? I'll ask another question that I I, I think sheds light on this. How many of you, you don't have to raise your hand, just think about it. How many of you know Buddhists, Hindus, Muslims, atheists? And how many do you know? There are 7.5 billion people on this planet. Do you know how many Christians make up that 7.5? 2.2 billion. That means 5 billion people right now, if the world were en- would end, 5 billion people would, would end up in hell. And yet, how many non-Christians do we actually know? Or at least those who would say they believe in Jesus as their Savior. The reason I think we get so competitive with all this, the reason why uh, we don't celebrate the Holy Christian Church, is because we forget that there are people who don't know Jesus, who don't believe in Jesus as their Savior. And so we're, we're all trying to get the same people who are interested in church into church. And we forget that when somebody believes in Jesus as their Savior, it doesn't matter whether it's our church or, or, or somebody else's church, they have been taken off the streets of the spiritual orphan and brought into the family of God where they will live forever. And that is something worth praising God over. And yet, instead of praising God, we get bummed. And Jesus, the head of the church, is in charge of all of this. And how do you think He feels about that? First, how do you think he feels about that person who, who, even though it's a tiny different Christian church, believes in him as their Savior? He's rejoicing in heaven, isn't he? Another lost has been found. And yet here we are sitting, filled with pride, mourning the fact that we're not growing, mourning the fact that they didn't choose us. And Jesus, the head of the church, is a kind and compassionate God slow to anger, abounding in love. And He comes to us in patience and He says, remember. Remember my word? Remember how this whole thing works? Remember that wherever my word is preached and, and Jesus as their Savior is preached, faith works, the Holy Spirit works. Remember that through the word is how they are made holy, just like through the word you've been made holy. Through the Word, they're connected to Jesus, to me, just like you've been connected to me. Through the Word is how faith is created and forgiveness of sins is brought down to them. How my blood shed on the cross is theirs, just like my blood shed on the cross is yours. It's all through the Word of God, and it's wherever it's preached. So grace and peace be yours. God's undeserved, unconditional love be yours. Let your heart be at rest. Because other people 
are receiving Jesus. Other people are believing in Jesus as their Savior. Other people have been set aside, set apart, called to be God's holy people, just like we have been called to be God's holy people. So, Pastor, you're saying all that is important is to believe that Jesus is your Savior? It doesn't matter what a church teaches about the Bible. It doesn't matter what the church teaches about baptism, the Lord's Supper, about creation, how this whole world began. It doesn't matter on those things. I'm not saying that. In fact, we're going to tackle that next week. Remember, three parts. But today, what are we going to do? We're going to praise Jesus for those who praise Jesus. We're going to praise Jesus for those who praise Jesus. No matter what Christian denomination, no matter what country, no matter when or where, no matter what they do, no matter where they're at, they praise Jesus as their Savior, we praise Jesus for them. Because they have been brought off the streets and brought into the family of God. They have been set apart, called to be holy, have been made holy through the blood of Jesus shed for them on the cross. Just like Jesus has shed His blood for you and me and brought us into His family. That lady asked me the question, so why another Christian church? I said that there there are already a lot of people in the Liberty Hill area without a church home. And with the projected growth, there's going to be even more people without a, a Christian church home who aren't hearing that Jesus is their Savior. I said, to be honest, all the other Christian churches, they're going to be able to reach people that I can't. And I said, we will be able to reach people that they can't. And the more people that hear that Jesus is their Savior, the better. Because they're all part of the Holy Christian Church. All of them have had their sins removed and been called to be sanctified and holy, just like we have. And so we're going to praise Jesus for those who praise Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we praise and thank You that You have shed Your blood on the cross, that You rose from the dead, so that we are declared innocent, righteous in Your sight. Uh, You've removed each and every one of our sins uh, and it made us holy in Your sight, sanctified us. Uh, And You've done that across Your Christian church, Uh, not just for us, but You've done it for all churches everywhere who proclaim You as Savior. Uh, We thank You for that. We thank You for sending the Holy Spirit who connects us to You uh, so that our faith is strengthened in You as our Savior. Uh, We ask that You continue to send Your Holy Spirit on us just like You sent on the day of Pentecost so many years ago. Uh, Give us understanding Give us insight, give us wisdom, and give us faith that you are our Savior both now and forever. Today, Lord, we celebrate the Holy Christian Church. We praise you for all of those who praise you. Amen.